Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Philemon chapter 1. Hallelujah. Tonight I want to um, take some of the things that we've been feeding on in my time with you and kind of stir them up a little bit. You know, I've been spending a lot of time, especially in my sessions here in this campus, um, going over and rehearsing the authority in Jesus' name. And it is vital for us to have this uh, strength, this um, fresh faith, if you will, a freshness of faith, a fresh deposit of faith concerning this privilege and responsibility because it's our privilege to be named with his name. It's our privilege that he who has gained the victory over the enemy, over death, hell, and the grave, he who has triumphed over sin, and and he has gained the victory And then he brings that victory into our life, making us recipients of that victory. That when we say, in the name of Jesus, we are enforcing his victory in a situation. And that it is so important, it is so vital that we have that coming out of our heart. That we have a heart faith concerning the words of our mouth concerning the utterance of Jesus' name. And that only comes by faith. That only comes by hearing the word that produces faith, that makes our declaration of Jesus' name stand against whatever enemy forces that we are using that name against. Philemon chapter 1 is where I want to start, and I want to look at verse 6. It says in Philemon's 1.6 that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ. The communication of your faith, hallelujah, the, the, the working of your faith becoming effectual or working as effectively as possible. How? By you acknowledging every good thing that's in you in Christ. By you acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ. Hallelujah. By you recognizing, by you pointing out and bringing to a place of preeminence in your way of thinking, in your mindset, that I, everything that's in me in Christ Jesus, what's in me in Christ, what, what is mine in Christ, what is working in me in Christ. The Amplified says that the, part, that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition 
and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus and unto his glory. Notice that. Full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours. It, it is something that can't happen with a drive-through event. You know, like you drive through and you get you get some food through the drive-through, and it's so quick and you're in and out and 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 you're not going to get this kind of recognition with that kind of an experience with God. It's not going to be a drive-through prayer that brings you through that. It's not going to be a drive-through time in the Word that's going to bring you to that. It's going to be this ongoing coming to the Word and letting the light of the Word shine into my understanding of what belongs to me in my identification with Christ that I identify, my identification, what it, if I pull out my driver's license, it is proof of my identity. And your identity, here's the proof of it. It's not how you feel that proves who you are. It's not, it's not your past experiences that prove who you are. This right here identifies you, the Word. The Word identifies you. Why? Because when you accepted Jesus as Lord, you were crucified together with Christ. You were buried with him when you were baptized. When you came up out of that watery grave, you came up in the resurrection life, and you are to walk in that power. You're to walk in that resurrection life. You're to live your life not as a mere human being. Isn't that what in Corinthians the Apostle Paul was saying, you're acting like mere unchanged men. Mere unchanged men. You're acting like people who've never had Jesus come into their heart. You know, you're acting like people who haven't let go of the sin nature and been made partakers of the divine nature. You're acting like people who, who haven't even tasted of his eternal life. But we are more than unchanged people. We've been changed into his glory. We are now containers of his glory. His eternal life abides in us. And there are so many benefits that belong to us in Christ. But we are the ones who choose to walk in them or choose just to live the low life. That's why the renewing of the mind brings you up into that higher way of living. Just like the caterpillar can't fly. <laughs> it's got to go through the, the cocoon. It's got to come into a different mode of existence. It's got to become a butterfly so that it can have the real life that has that unlimited advantage. Hallelujah. And the renewing of our mind brings us out of that low-level living and brings us into an acknowledgement that I have victory over saying, I don't have to let that push me around. I don't have to submit to depression. I don't have to allow that sickness just to come in unrestrained into my body. I can resist it. I can, I can stand on my promises. I don't have to let lack continually plague me. I can act on God's word and I can bring the multiplication of the blessing into manifestation in my life. I am not a mere unchanged person. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I am born of God. 
And what lives in me is the greater one. He who created the universe dwells in my spirit. The one who created all things. I am born of the word and in the beginning, the, the word is the light of the life of men. It, it, the word was in the beginning with God and I am born of the word. Hallelujah. The Weiss translation says of Philemon 1.6 that your faith may become effective in the sphere of a full and perfect experiential knowledge. And that means that it's not just head knowledge, but that you experience it. That firsthand experience of every good thing in us with a view to the glory of Christ. So he wants us to experience the things that are in us. He wants us to experience the victory. He wants us to have the, the victory that he wants. Jesus didn't need victory. Jesus did not need for himself. He wasn't in a contender's position and needed to come and gain victory for himself. He was God already. He was the second person of the Godhead. He, the, he did, Satan did not have dominion over Jesus. When Jesus gained victory, he didn't gain it for himself. He wasn't the one who needed it. He gained our victory so that we don't have to live a, a low life, so that we don't have to live a defeated life, so that we don't have to live a contender's life. You know, if you, I'm talking from a position of boxing, they've got the contender, and that contender's not the champion. There is a champion, and if there's a contender, he's trying to get the victory over the champion. He's, he, he has to defeat the champion to become the champion. Hallelujah. Why? Because he's a contender. And we've got too many believers living contender lifestyles, thinking I've got to get victory. I need victory here. I need to go into this ring and I need to fight for my victory. And what they're saying is I don't have victory. So I've got to go fight for it. I've got to get victory. I've got to go into this situation that, that is an adverse situation. It's a difficult situation. It looks like the cards are stacked against me. It looks like things are against my, they're not to my advantage. They're going against the grain. And I've got to go in there and I've got to fight for my victory. But Jesus already fought and gained our victory. He wants us to take the victory he provides as our inheritance, part of our inheritance, and he wants us to be victorious. Hallelujah. So we're talking about things that are ours in redemption, things that already belong to us. Victory already belongs to us. We know uh, this is a, an area that we've talked about a lot in previous times. We know that in redemption, I've been made righteous. His righteousness is now my righteousness. He became sin so that I could be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So he didn't need righteousness with God. I needed righteousness with God. But Jesus gained that righteousness, 2 Corinthians 5.21. He became sin who knew no sin, so that we, through that 
him becoming a curse, we would be made. So righteousness isn't something you have. It's something you are. You are the righteousness of God. Not a generic righteousness. Not that, that cheap brand that's all watered down on the, cab, on the counter and that, you know, you go and you, you've got Del Monte or you've got Always Safe. And Del Monte tastes better. Right? Because it's the name brand. It's not just in your mind. It really does taste better. It, and, and a lot of people think, well, Jesus, he's righteous, but I've got this cheap watered-down version, this generic version. No, you've got the righteousness of God in Christ. He, Jesus is sharing his righteousness. He made you. He became sin. He shared our sin so that we could share his righteousness. So it's his and it's ours. He didn't need it for himself. He got it for us. He didn't need righteousness with God. He was already righteous with God. We needed righteousness. He came to get it for us. His blessing is now ours. Galatians chapter 3. It's, it's in redemption. So, so this is where we see the Galatians 3. says in verse 13... Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. He became sin so that we would become, be made righteous. He was cursed so that we would be blessed. It says in verse 14 that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So he being made a curse so that you could be made the blessed. He, be, he was made a curse, and you've been made a blessing. He was made a curse, and you've been made a blessing. He didn't need to be made the blessing we did. So he gained it, and he gave it to us. He procured it. He obtained it, and then he made it ours. Legally ours. So... Righteousness legally belongs to me because Jesus became sin for me. The blessing legally belongs to me. Why? Because he was made a curse for me. Healing legally belongs to me. 1 Peter 2.24 says that by his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. So he took the stripes so that we would be healed. He didn't need to be healed. Jesus wasn't sick. He didn't need to be healed. We needed to be healed, but he had to buy it. He had to pay the price. He was wounded for our transgressions, Isaiah 53 says. He was bruised for our iniquities. It says here in 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes we were healed. Hallelujah. By his stripes. Why? He obtained it, but it belongs to us. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9. 
riches belong to you. Glory to God. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. Why did he become poor? So that you would become rich. You're an heir. Hey, listen, you're an heir. You may not have it all in your natural hands, but you have it all in your account. You're an heir. So we, our part is to learn how to withdraw from the account. Hallelujah. Because he made you rich. But listen, if you're living a contending lifestyle, if you're, if you're acting like a contender, then you say, I got to get, get it. I don't have it, so I have to get it. I have to go into that ring and I have to fight for it. I have to go in and contend for it. Why? Because I don't have it, so I got to fight to get it. No, we've got to believe to get it. It's ours now. We've got to believe we have it and utilize the spiritual tools that God has provided of faith and patience to access what legally belongs to us. He said that he became poor so that you through his poverty, would be rich. Hallelujah. So he didn't need it. We needed it. He obtained it. He he brought it into this covenant and made it ours. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Romans chapter 8. And verse 17 says, and if you are children, if you're children of God, now see, so where do you need to start first of all? What do you have to, be, what do you have to build your faith in first of all, where this is concerned? That you're a child of God. That in right standing, you're a child of God. You're washed in the blood. That's why you've got to build that foundation of who you are in Christ. We've got volume one and volume two of who you are in Christ. We've been on our television broadcast that we've been airing and we've been, it's available on YouTube. You can find it. It, We've been talking about the blessing promise this week. All of the in Christ provisions are in this volume two. Volume one was the righteousness, who you are, what belongs to you because you're, you're an heir of God is in volume two. So this is the foundation If I don't believe I'm a child of God, then how could I receive an inheritance? See, I've got to believe I'm a child. And I've got to believe what the blood has done has worked to cleanse me. That I am righteous because he became sin. That I am cleansed because his blood washed me and made me clean. I've got to believe that. Why? Because for me to get my inheritance, I've got to have that identification. I can't go before God and say, well, God, I need this and I need that and I need... This, and he's like, where's your identification? Are you a child of mine? It's not as much God as the bank. You know, if you go to the bank, they might know you by name, but they still might need to see your identification. I need your your signature. 
Why? Because I've got to have a legal proof that it was you. I've got to have something that is on record that you withdrew this. And faith is a transaction point. Faith stands in, in legal spiritual records that if faith is counted to you for righteousness. Faith is counted to you. Faith is of the same value as the thing that you're hoping for. When you, when you release your faith, it's a transaction point. And Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. So the shall have comes later. But he said, you've got to believe that this transaction is made. If you can call the pizza people and give them, uh, go online and pay for your pizza online and believe that that's your pizza before you've ever smelled it, before you've ever touched it, before you've ever tasted it, but you believe it's yours and you're looking at the Papa John's app and you're trying to find out what street are they on. Because, you know, it's got, the, it's got the little map and it's showing their car coming down your subdivision and you can see them turning here. And you, what, Why are you looking at that app? Because that's my pizza in that car. I believe I received that pizza when I paid for it. It became mine when I made the transaction. And faith makes that transaction. I believe I'm a child of God. I believe I'm an heir of God. That faith transaction now pulls me up into the window where I can come to the bank window and I can withdraw out of my account what is legally mine placed in there by my Savior, by my Heavenly Father. They have provided all things that pertain unto life and godliness. I come with my faith and I make a transaction to withdraw that. His, his provision is complete. His provision is complete. If we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. He could have just said heirs, with, heirs of God, couldn't he? He could have just said heirs of God. And you could have just left to your imagination how big Jesus' portion was going to be and how little yours was going to be. You could have, that would have just left it to your imagination and the devil would have pulled his hammer out and hammered on that one right there. Yeah, Jesus is the main heir because he's all that in a bag of chips. But you, you are not perfect and you're, 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 you're. And, and, and before you, you get, before he gets done with you, he's got you down to just hoping you get this little tiny something of an inheritance. But that's not where the scripture left us. The scripture didn't leave us just as heirs of God. It, it brought a little bit more detail to how it's being divided. How it's being, God is so wealthy. That even all throughout, from the beginning of time, all of those who have accepted him and walked in his ways and honored him and revered him, that even those who have, have already moved to heaven, the part of the family that's in heaven and the part of the family that's on earth, God has enough and more than enough that we all have equal share. Equal share with Jesus. 
joint heirs. Why? Jesus, everything he gained, he gained for us. His, the righteousness was for us. We needed it. The healing was for us. We needed it. The riches and the blessing, it was for us. We needed it. But he didn't stop there. Isaiah 54. Let's look at verses 13 through 17. Isaiah 54, 13. And all your children shall be, that's covenant language, that's covenant, shall be is covenant. All your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness shall you be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against you, whosoever shall gather together against you, whosoever shall gather together against you, shall fall for your sake. Behold, I've created the smith that blows the coals in the fire and that brings forth an instrument for his work. I created him. I know what he can do. I know what his abilities are. He's not all that. And I've created the waster that destroys so God was saying, I know all that he can do. I know what he's capable of. And I'm telling you, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. He said, I've created him and there's not any weapon that he has that will be able to prosper against you. So it doesn't matter what he has. It, those weapons are insignificant at this point because God says, I created him. I know any weapon he can throw against you. I know any ploy he can use against you. I know any scheme. And I'm telling you, no weapon that's formed. I'm not telling you it won't be formed. I'm telling you it won't prosper. Let him form it. Let him form a weapon. Let him form the weapon. Regardless how many, how, how, how intimidating they may appear, I'm telling you, they won't prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall condemn. The Amplified says you shall prove it to be wrong. So let them talk. Let them say whatever they want to say because it's just a weapon, but it won't prosper. You will prove it to be wrong. Amen. This is the inheritance. Amen. This is the heritage. That, this is your inheritance. This is the inheritance of the servants. How much more for the sons? 
If under, if under the first covenant, if this was the inheritance for the servants, how much more for the sons? Because we're in a relationship with God that's a blood-bought relationship, a relationship that's sealed with the blood of the Lamb. He says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me. Hallelujah. So we can see here that our inheritance, not only does it include righteousness, not only does it include the blessing, not only does it include healing and riches, but it also includes victory. Victory is part of our inheritance. It is ours now. We don't have to try to get it. We don't have to fight to get it. Jesus already already won it. He already obtained the victory and made it ours. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give unto you power. It's the word exousia. It means authority. Behold, I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and authority over all the ability. The word power here is the word dunamis, and it means ability or, or inherent power. He says, I'm giving you authority over anything the enemy's able to do. Jesus has given us authority over anything the enemy is able to do. So the word authority means the right to govern. You're in charge. You're in charge. We've been made kings and priests, Revelation says. That we've been washed in the blood of the Lamb and he's made us kings. Kings have dominion. Kings who have a sphere. He is the king of kings. We have a sphere of influence. We have a, an area of jurisdiction. I'm not in jurisdiction over Dan's life. I'm not in jurisdiction over your life. But I'm in jurisdiction in the area that I have dominion. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. And, and anything the enemy is able to do, I have authority to restrict him from doing it in my sphere, in my areas. And the more that we learn who we are, the more that we accept and strengthen ourselves in this position, God can, can strengthen us to exercise authority in, in our state, to exercise authority in our nation, to exercise authority in certain places. Where, where we, we go in to pray about those things. We go in and we, we are there diligently praying about those things and we see that we're strengthening ourselves and our authority in that place. Hallelujah. So I'm giving you power, Jesus said, authority, the right to govern or control what the enemy's able to do. So you can shut him down. And, and we need to be shutting him down. Yes. Yes. 
We need to let the Holy Spirit reveal to us what's really behind that adversity. Because sometimes we deal with adversities and we're dealing with them with the mind. And we're coming against it with our mind and we're trying to figure it out with the mind. And the answer's in the spirit. The answer's in that that getting into the place with the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit help you identify what's really behind that person's actions, what's really working behind the scenes in that situation so that we can take authority over it. Hallelujah. 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 So if the enemy's able to do it, He says, no weapon. He said, I've created him. I know what he's able to do. And I'm telling you, no weapon formed against you will be able to prosper. I'm giving you the right to control or govern the jurisdiction over all of the ability of the enemy. So exercise. So take your place. So begin to, to uh, uh, be, be wise in that you are, are praying with your ear to the Holy Spirit's mouth to hear what he's saying. The Holy Spirit, I'm praying in this direction. And if you sense that he's backed off, you back off. If you sense that he's really strong for you to stay over here praying about, about it this way, stay over there praying about it that way. Pray and then ask him questions. How, what do I need to say here, Holy Spirit? How do I answer that? What do I, and when you sense things and he begins to tell you to, to, to you know, pray in a certain way or to exercise authority over a certain way. So I'm not telling you just to go in there and, and in your own thinking. I'm talking about from your heart. That you're exercising this authority from your heart. So this authority... This victory belongs to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Can you get any plainer than that? I mean, that is as plain as the nose on your face. God always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us. Why? Because we come in victorious. We come in victorious. We've got the smell of victory. He makes manifest. People see God working in our situation, and we can say, God gave me the victory over that. The weapon was formed, but it didn't prosper. The weapon was formed against me, but it didn't prosper against me. I am am staying in that place of maintaining the championship belt that I've been given. I'm not a contender in the ring trying to get something. I'm in the ring as the champion, already owning the championship, already. He he always causes us to triumph in Christ. 
Back up to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's present tense. Every day you open it, it's going to be present tense. When you open it two weeks from now and you pull this verse out and you say, Thank you, God, you always give me the victory. You give me the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's ours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And in this, he's talking about victory over death. I mean, the, in context, thanks be to God who gives us the victory. I have victory over death now. To, for me, when I exit my body, I won't die. My physical body may cease to live, but I will not cease to live. I will be present with the Lord, and I'll come back and get this body, and when I get it back, it'll be glorified. Thank you, Jesus. But I have the victory now. Do you see why we have to let this come out of our heart and not just try to deal with it in our head? Because your head gets all muddled up with the situation and the circumstance and, and the weight of what you're going through tries to weigh you down and you've got to come in here with spiritual knowledge of who you are. Remember, the effectual uh, acknowledging of every good thing that's mine in Christ. As I acknowledge, wait a minute, I'm the righteousness of God. As I acknowledge, wait a minute, the blessing is mine now because Jesus was made a curse. I am the blessed. I, I, I'm acknowledging this is in me now. Victory is mine now. I'm acknowledging it. I mean, I'm, I'm verbalizing it. I'm saying that belongs to me. I am, I am authorizing it with my, my verbal signature. Hallelujah. My voice activation. Yeah. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. Okay, let's talk about Jesus' victory. We've got just a few minutes, but we need to see the source of the victory we have. We have the victory, but the source of the victory we have is in the redemptive work that Jesus worked to give it to us. Colossians 2, let's look at verse 15. Colossians 2.15, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Having spoiled principalities and powers. Principalities and powers. He spoiled them. He spoiled them. Consider them defeated. Consider them already, already conquered. Already dealt with. I dealt with those. I dealt with those principalities. I dealt with those powers. And talking about whatever power the enemy has. He says, I've given you authority over all of the ability of the enemy, over all the power of the enemy, over all, over all. Luke, Luke 10 said, over all the ability of the enemy. 
So there's not anything the enemy's able to do that you don't have authority over to say, not in my house, not in my finances, not in my body. You've got the authority, but you've got the authority. You've got the authority, but you've got the authority. Yes, it belongs to you, but you have to say something. You've got the authority, but you've got to exercise it. It's yours, but you've got to... The inheritance is yours, but you've got to inherit it. You've got the authority, but you have to be the one enforcing what should and should not be in play in your life. If it's not supposed to be there, drive it out. It's trespassing. Don't don't, Don't allow the enemy to put the victim sticker on you. That label, oh, why is this happening to me? I just don't know what I've done wrong. I don't know where I opened the door. I just don't know what I've done wrong. I'm just, I'm just so gone. I'm just sorry. I'm just, I'm just, it's just so heavy. It's just so hard. I'm just the victim, and I just don't know what to do about this situation. And you're not going to get any victory talking like that. That's contending. That's over there. That's not even contending. That's over in the corner licking your wounds. There's no, no obtaining. There's no resisting. There's no... There's no uh, acknowledging every good thing that's in me in Christ if I'm saying, oh, why is this happening to me? Take that victim sticker, rip it off your shirt, crumble it up, and throw it away. And put that victor, get, get the big, get the crown, put the crown on, get the big champion belt out. Just put a big sticker and say, I'm, I'm the winner. I'm the winner. Hallelujah. I'm the winner. And just go ahead and lift your hands like Rocky at the top of the stairs. After he ran that whole way and he gets to the top and he says, I'm the winner. Hallelujah. Why? Because Jesus has already spoiled the principalities and the powers. They are defeated. He's given me authority over anything the enemy's able to do. I'm the winner. I'm the winner. Hallelujah. The Weiss translation says, having stripped off and away from himself the principalities and authority, he boldly made an example of them, leading them in a triumphal procession. Hallelujah. The Weymouth says, and the hostile princes and rulers, he shook them off himself and boldly displayed them as his conquests when he by the cross triumphed over them. He boldly displayed, I've defeated you. Anything the enemy has, Jesus defeated it. Enemy, anything the enemy can do, Jesus defeated it. He already won the victory over it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. First John 5. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes 
overcomes. Listen, the Lord told us that 2024 is the year of overcoming victory. It's on the wall right out there. It should be in your little thing in your Bible that you've got that tells you what the Lord told you to expect for this year. So start, start expecting overcoming victory. Overcoming victory. Why? Because this is the victory that overcomes. This is the victory that overcomes our faith. Our faith is the victory. Oh, thank you. That's beautiful. Our faith is the victory that overcomes. Our faith, taking God at his word. God, you said you've provided all things that are necessary for life and godliness. I believe you. You said that by your stripes I am healed. I believe you. You said that you became poor so that I through your poverty would be made rich. Father, I thank you for making me rich. I mean, even if you're pulling pennies out to pay for the loaf of bread, you just thank God that he's made you rich. Hallelujah. Why? Because if you'll, act, if you'll acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus, you won't be pulling pennies out to finish paying for something for long. Why? Because the effectual working of your faith will be employed. How? as you acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ. Victory is mine. Victory belongs to me just as much as righteousness, just as much as the blessing. He defeated the principalities and powers, and he gave me the victory. So I have it now. If, if you go into any situation fighting to get victory... The enemy knows you know you don't have it. The enemy knows you don't think you have it. And, and how does he work? Through deception. If he can get you deceived into thinking you need victory because you don't have it. If he can get you deceived into thinking you need healing because you don't have it. By his stripes I was healed. I have enough healing in my account for every day of the rest of my life on this earth. I've got to access it. It's mine already, legal side. The vital side comes by faith and patience. Got to work the word. I got to sow the seed of the word into my heart. There's, here's where the patience comes in. And night and day, it's growing. The word is growing in my heart. And if I'll just keep sowing the seed of the word into my heart, night and day, it's growing, it's growing, and it will bring forth the 30, 60, and 100 if I'm maintaining my, the ground of my heart and I'm not letting offense get in there and I'm not letting uh, um, the cares of this world come in and choke out the word, all of those things. But you see, the faith and patience is I'm putting the word in my heart and I'm growing this faith and knowing I'm a child of God, I'm an heir of God, these things that belong to me in Christ Jesus are mine now. I'm not trying to get them, they're mine, they belong to me. And so I'm going to walk in the fullness of it, and I'm going to get up every day, and I'm going to acknowledge I'm in Christ, and Christ is in me. And I'm going to bring forth much fruit to the glory of my God and Father. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Look at that, 8 o'clock. Hallelujah, I'm the winner! I'm the winner! 
with me to your feet as we prepare to dismiss.